Hey there, everybody. Welcome. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Handicappers Preview, the first episode. I'm going to be your host, Brandon Staubel, from RacingWithBruno.com and BrunoWithTheWorks.com. What I've done is have this show to uh, basically create and basically I want to come on and discuss the top races across the country and also want to kind of just uh, talk racing a little bit especially this show is going to be for all types of handicappers it's going to be for the ones that are just getting into the game ones that are intermediate and then even some of the advanced guys out there I mean you know what I do a lot in the mornings is go out and and watch the horses train and maybe some of the the guys that have been handicapping for for decades they don't really know much about that so this is just kind of a a brief um, tutorial of who I am uh, like I said, I'm I'm from racingwithbruno.com, brunowiththeworks.com. I've been doing this. This will be my fourth year now um, as we approach uh, the Kentucky Derby here about uh, we have five weeks from today. And, um, you know, I started out as a handicapper going to the track with my grandpa, um, just learning the game and from him. And uh, we spent a lot of time in the paddock. That's where he liked to hang out. And uh, that's probably where I got a little bit of, of so much wanting to to look at the flesh and and watch the horses pre-race and how they were coming into it so um, it was kind of a a good transition um, to be able to go into clocking Um, my my profession right now um, non-horse racing profession is that I work in physical therapy and uh, it translated very well to watching morning workouts because I do the same thing with my job during the day I watch the way people move I watch the way um, the joints are angled and, and different things like that. So um, being able to go out into the mornings and, and watch the horses train, I watch the way they move. I mean, that's what we do in the mornings. Uh, you know, a clocker is just a really generic term for me. Um, a, a clocker to me implies that you just go out there and you click a stopwatch and you record times. You know, we're much more than that. Uh, I like to refer to myself, Bruno, and, and all the people that do this. That we're workout analysts in the fact that we analyze um, how the workout went and, and time is something that really we look at last and I know that sounds kind of kind of goofy and kind of funny and you're probably like what is this guy talking about but just hear me out for a second really we watch the way the horses move we want to wait we want to know how they're doing it um, compared to how they normally would do it you know if someone is always a strong workhorse and then they come into the race and they they're not training as strongly in the mornings and that's a sign to us uh, also, the, the way that they're doing it is the, is the jock happen to move the irons a lot? Does he really happen to ask the horse when usually he doesn't? So those are those are things we want to look at. We want to look at the way the horse is moving, um, especially when they come out of the work. And, um, you know, you could see a, a, a work in the program like a 59 flat, which people would automatically assume that that was an awesome work. Well, it can be sometimes, but it, it can also be um, not awesome. Um, you've got several horses that I know of that that can work 59, but let's say they go the first three eights and in uh, 35, and then they stagger home to get a 59. Well, to me, that's not a really impressive work. And I think if, if a lot of people saw that work and, and um, understood how we look at things, then they would feel the same way. So just kind of a brief little overview about clocking who I am. And, uh, you know, I'm just here to, I'm doing this show because I want to get more people involved. I, I have friends that, that go out to the track with me and, and acquaintances that I've met at the track. And I think we can all just help each other out and, and try to get better at this game. I mean, this game is tough. Um, you know, you think about what we do in the mornings, we go out 
and you know I get to the track about six and I'm there till about nine thirty, ten o'clock you know a good four hours in a row and then you come and you have to handicap and I mean there's just a lot going on and if you're you're staying up late at night you're going through uh charts you know you're going through formulator looking for trainer angles I mean there's just a lot to this game so I just think the the more we can get uh people involved and and help each other out the better we're going to be um in the future I'd like to get actual handicappers on the show and I'm not talking about um you know the guys from the big companies the daily racing forum Brisnet um they're great but some of the guys that maybe aren't as well known I'd love to get some of you all on the show and and so we could talk and and really just get into how um you handicap a race because I think that's the biggest thing uh for me is once I get handicapping you know everything's flowing but how do you approach it when you sit down you know I'd like to I'd like to get people on to discuss that what do you do do you do you lay out all your your past performances from every race do you just take one race um, even down to, I know it sounds kind of goofy, but what, what kind of pen are you using? You use red pen, highlighter, black pen, you know, just to help everybody out, especially like I was saying, the new people that are getting into this game. So, um, you know, I just think that's a kind of a different little, little topic that we can, we can touch on. And, and, uh, we just, I think as handicappers, I mean, we, we tend to, you know, complain a lot about bad beats and, and drugs in the game and all that that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, I think it's some time that we start doing some proactive stuff and, and start helping each other out and maybe, uh, you know, help the industry out as well, since the betting money is, is a lot of what keeps it going. So, um, you know, I think, like I was saying, this, this is a forum where handicappers and, and everyone can come together. So really excited about that. And um, also when I start clocking out at Churchill, I think we're going to start next week. Um, and then all the way up and through the end of the meet, which will be in July, you know, I'd love to come on and just kind of talk about maybe what I'm seeing that morning. One thing that we're looking to, uh, or that I'm going to be looking to do is, um, you know, the closer we get to Derby is, is putting a couple things up on YouTube um, and, and just some videos from the track, not, not of the horses, but just kind of coming to you after the morning training session, um, after we take it all in and then kind of give you an idea of how the horses are training up to the race. Um, the Churchill track in the fall, the surface itself was really weird. It was really fast and then kind of got slower as the meat goes on. I, that's a really big thing in the mornings too that you don't hear about. A horse works over what kind of track? Is it a slow, deep track? Is it a really fast track? You know, did the weather change and you had a really humid morning? So those are big things to uh, to take a look at. So just, you know, there's a lot to cover. And uh, each week we want to try to break and you know, basically open up a, a race and dissect it. Um, I'll, I'm going to pick mainly the big stakes races, um, especially the prep races. You know, we've got two today. We've got the uh, Louisiana Derby and the Florida Derby. So um, let's go ahead and get started. We're going to talk about the Florida Derby first here. We've got a field of 10, I believe now. It looks like Battalion Runner is going to scratch in favor of another race in here. And you've got Gunavera on the outside, uh, which is interesting. I, I saw a stat on, on Twitter the other day that uh, uh, I think it was post nine through 12 was around 7% at uh, two turn races at Gulfstream Park. So obviously not the best place to be, but uh, yeah. one thing I like to do when I, when I open up a race is uh, kind of go through and look at each contender just a little bit, kind of see who they've been uh, racing against as far as the class goes. And uh, the other thing I like to do is I'm, I'm a big believer in, in that kind of that old saying pace makes the race. So I want to take a look at the pace players in here. Um, I think you start on the rail with the one state of honor. 
Um, this horse has been showing a lot of speed. They put the blinkers on in the last two starts. Um, so now today they're taking the blinkers off. They're doing, I, I'm not a big fan of when trainers do a lot of different equipment changes, um, you know, blinkers on for two starts and now we're taking them off again. So, I mean, it does have the rail, has a, an outstanding jockey in Julian Leperu. Um, the blinkers are coming off, but I think this horse has enough natural speed that from the rail probably is going to be going. So uh, definitely going to be near the front there. Um, a horse like the number three, Charlie the Greek, is coming from a seven furlong sprint. But if you, I use the Brisnet past performances. Um, his pace ratings are not um, that quick, even though he is coming out of a sprint. So he could be kind of a mid-pack player. Um, kind of the same thing with the four, always dreaming. Um, that you see the ones by the name and the past performances, but that pace in the last was so slow. 51 and three, 116 and four. Um, you know, I don't see this horse near the front at all. Uh, probably more of a, a mid-pack type. Um, number seven, Unbridled Holidays, putting blinkers on. Um, kind of the same thing there, comes out of that really slow-paced race. And, uh, you know, they did go 48 flat out of the gate um, with the blinkers on. But kind of the same thing. I don't know how much speed to expect from that one. I think your other uh, two pace players in here are going to be the number eight impressive edge for Dale Romans. Um, probably wants to sit right behind um, – state of honor from the rail and three rules who's going to be that third pace player on the outside uh three rules is extremely quick early on is going to have no problem clearing that post uh you're probably going to have state of honor and three rules out early uh and then impressive edge depending on what kind of break they get uh possibly sitting right behind those two um you never know what the break sometimes so those are the kind of the three pace players Gunavera should be able to get over and save a little ground um you know outstanding jockey javier castellano on board um so he's going to save some ground but at the same time um you do have to worry about a wide trip in here so three pace players in my opinion in here um the two that i'm going to focus on i think Gunavera really towers over this field um the post is not ideal obviously we've talked about it but uh, the way this horse is doing coming into the race and really improved in the last and uh, third off the layoff in here. So still pretty fresh. And if you look at that pedigree on Gunnivere dialed in out of an unbridled mare, um, definitely the mile and an eighth stretch out today is going to be uh, no problem. So um, impressive edge stretching out two turns for the first time. Um, I'm inclined to kind of watch one here with this one and see what happens. You know, I know Dale's kind of pulled this move before, um, but at the same time, um, you know, I'm going to have to see it first. Three rules. I'm, all the wins have come sprinting, um, except for that uh, restricted state race where he got the lead and went wire to wire. So I'm still kind of inclined to watch that one as well. Um, I think Always Dreaming is a little bit interesting here. And the fact that, um, you know, this year is kind of down for the uh, for the three-year-olds. You don't really see anybody popping up. You've got the two of the, the horses that came in at the beginning of the year favored, Classic Empire and McCracken. They're both, um, you know, injured and, and they're on the comeback trail. So um, Pletcher's got so many horses, you have to think that he's going to get at least three or four into the Derby. So Always Dreaming, even though uh, did go wire to wire in that last race. I think this horse is interesting. If you go to XBTV and watch that last workout, it was a pretty smooth workout, especially on the gallop out. And uh, it kind of looked like this horse is more of a grinding type and the distance, obviously, mile and eighth win last time. Um, I think this horse you have to consider. So uh, we're going to look at Always Dreaming and Gunnabara. No surprises in the, in the Florida Derby. Um, state of honor with the rail position. I know he's kind of the wise guy horse right now. So he could hang on for third, but, uh, you know, I don't not really getting too creative in the Gulfstream Park uh, race, the Florida Derby race 14. 
Uh, we've got about two and a half minutes left. Let's quickly go over to Louisiana. Um, Louisiana Derby, grade two. Pletcher's got another one in here on the rail. This horse showed a lot of speed, uh, pressed strong fractions in the last race. So I expect this one to get a good trip from the inside. You've got local hero who um, seems to me like kind of a bit of a runoff. If you watch his races, they can't really they can't really control him. They're trying to get him to relax. So I look at patch number one, number three, local hero as a couple of the pace players. Um, I also look at the five Monaco. Uh, so those were really strong splits back at Tampa. According to Brisnet, it was plus 16, plus 13. And that means that was uh, 16 and 13 points above the par. So um, that was a really quick race and, and won that race by 12 lengths. And off the layoff, Fletcher still puts blinkers on. So look for a lot of speed from Monaco. Um, you've also got... Uh, look Joe Sharp has entered a, uh, a, a what appears to be a rabbit for Gervin. So you're going to have a lot of speed in here. Um, I think Gervin ran a really good race last time. And if you go back and watch the replay, Hernandez had to check a little bit on the rail too. And the horse still came with a nice run. Uh, we're running out of time here, but quickly, um, I'm really interested in the number four senior investment in here for Kenny McPeak. Go back and watch that last race. Really kind of saved ground and then kicked out and had a great stride down the lane here. Uh, very interested in this horse. If you go back to back when uh, this horse was DQ, didn't really see too much there, but this horse basically is three for three in its last three starts on the improve. I know it's by just, he looks like he wants to go long. So take a look at number four, senior investments. Um, hope everybody enjoyed this first episode of the podcast. And I look forward to, uh, to coming back. Every week. I look forward to coming back every week and, and doing as much uh, handicapping and, and talking as we can. So uh, we can get a few people on and um, we'll see you next time.